Alright, so, um, so I was on Pornhub the other day, and, um, I was, I was watching a video, and, uh, you know how, like, like on YouTube, you get, like, a, a suggested, a suggested video in the, um, in the little side bit, uh, mm -hmm. and sometimes they come up with utter garbage, but this was perhaps the most interesting thing I've ever seen on Pornhub. It was a video titled, My Brother Takes Advantage of My Predicament, <laughs> and... So, <laughs> what you need to understand about this is the thumbnail for this video is a picture of a woman, a woman's head inside of a washing machine drum. Right. And what? As, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, and the only question I could think to ask myself was, why is her head in the drum? How did she get there? And why? <laughs> Why would your brother's first response be to just to just have sex with you there? Presumably, because the only the only clips on this like thumbnail are of are from the inside of this drum of this woman's face, shoulders deep into this washing machine drum. <laughs> this is why she's in a predicament. <laughs> it's quite a sticky situation. Why do you put your head up to the shoulders inside a washing machine? That's exactly what I want to know. <laughs> what? How did how did this happen? How did you get here? Apparently, though, Pornhub is great for finding all kinds of copyrighted videos because they don't delete anything. My friend <laughs> apparently goes on there to watch things like musicals of Hamilton that they put up there. Uh, of course, of course, and I, you know, read all these magazines for the articles as well. That's that's of course why they're there. <laughs> Do they have as many views as this video did, though, which had seven million? <laughs> 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 I'm so glad oh. I got to share that with everyone. <laughs> oh yeah, we're maybe not as glad, but at least you're happy. <laughs> oh, all right, so we, shall we uh, shall we start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's get kicked off. So welcome to Podcasting as Praxis back again, and it's been a harder week this week. Not because of anything particularly bad or devastating that happened in the news, just because we had to actually pay attention to a conservative fucking conference. Um, yeah, so, my name's David, um, I'm here with Alistair. Hi, I'm Alistair, um, I'm the guy who spends, uh, apparently too much time on Pornhub and gets weird recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> the algorithm knows you better than anyone. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, I would much prefer to get weird, um, shoulders up shots of a person's head in a, in a washing machine drum than fast shit. Just no. washing machines or any other appliances as well. Uh, I'm open to suggestions. I mean, tumble uh, dryers if you're listening. Close, uh, you know. I mean, I've got a pretty big toaster, but this is airing quite far back into the dick in a blender territory. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I'm Rob. I'm still the resident unelected eurocrat. Uh, I'm Jamie. I'm just here for the sake of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm John. And Monster Munch is the best. Oh no! Oh, here we go. <laughs> Please, David. We said don't. we wouldn't. We said we said we wouldn't talk about this on the podcast. It's For listeners late. who just heard a <laughs> an incorrect opinion was made, but it has been resolved. 
Do not worry. <laughs> Go about your business. Uh, right. We're allowed to have dissenting right, opinions then, in here, you know. No, this is You're a Stalinist in podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to have them in here, but when they come into the editing bit, that's where they're not allowed, so they need to be removed at that point. <laughs> it's just the way it works. I'd say I don't make the rules, but I do edit. So. Yeah, this. I mean, David yeah. is, you know, like it is like those photos of Stalin where people get mysteriously disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> I will be intrigued to see how much of me remains in this episode, <laughs> uh, or how much of you will be found after. It's just the incorrect non-stalinist opinions that won't be kept in. <laughs> right. So, in the news this week, so we released our episode on Thursday morning, and. Uh, this was a bad idea last week because uh, we missed a Labour policy that they decided they wouldn't do at conference. A good and one. The poli- uh, policy was a very fucking good one. Um, so the plan is to scrap the DWP yes. and replace mm, it, it with a de- with a Department of Social Security, taking the entire onus of work out of it. The benefits are there if you need them. There is no bullshit around it. So this is going to involve uh, scrapping universal credit. Oh no! Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, ESA employment support allowance is going to be raised by thirty pounds to bring it in line with the support payment. So I don't, you know, anyone who hasn't been near the system wouldn't know this. I didn't know it until I'd had some exposure. Um, there's actually two tiers of ESA. There's Sorry, what's ESA for people who don't know? Employment and support allowance. So it's basically, um, it's basically. Like sick pay Gov- government sick pay effectively really um, you get so much statutory sick pay once you don't get that anymore you go into ESA um, it's also used to, it was originally used in the same way that universal credit is used where it's like tops up wages and stuff like that if they are below the earning threshold there's two rates the rate you get when you start on it and then the rate that you get after you've been assessed in a work capability assessment and only if you are deserving of the full rate ah um, the, if you're a deserving peasant yes 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 um so that's going to be the lower rate is going to be brought up to the higher rate uh by 30 quid a week which is good welcome perfect really that's that's ideal it's still not enough because of the freeze and no word has been made on how much they'll raise it by um but the the benefits cap is also off so the the benefits cap will be scrapped as well. Excellent, glorious. And uh, there's also the added the added um, policy of throwing Ian Duncan Smith into a high speed centrifuge to separate the separate out the denser parts of his body. <laughs> I could vote yeah. for that. Yeah, I'd mm, vote for that. I mean, the densest part is what remains of his soul. <laughs> you think he has a soul? Yeah, everyone's born with one. It's just that some people do so much torying that um, it gets compressed and well, super compressed, really. I think he probably just keeps it in a safety deposit box in the Cayman Islands. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he's going to live forever as well. This is just mm-hmm. terrifying. Oh no, Ian Duncan Smith is a lich. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> a major part of the policy that we haven't touched on as well is that they're um, bringing all the work capability assessments back under the DWP, well, the DSS umbrella. So there'll be no more Atos or whoever the fuck's doing it now. Excellent. Yep. So that that's, sounds, I mean, obviously there, there will still be capability assessments which are shit, but 
if they're not being run by private companies, it means there's no profit incentive anymore. So there's no reason to be firing through as many people as you can in a day to make sure that you've got quotas of the amount of people that you don't put through on the higher rate or whatever. It's a good fucking thing. Um, yeah, but the because privatisation um, aspect of it's been the, one of the worst parts of it under the Tories over the last nine years. Yeah, yeah introducing a profit uh, a profit incentive into the benefit system. Yeah. No, it just makes it more efficient. It's great. It's, a, it's an extremely natural market that exists, obviously. <laughs> Love to go benefit shopping. Competing for the blood of the poor is quite, you know, Elon Musk pays top dollar for good blood. So. And John Rental. Ah, you bastard. I was going to say that. <laughs> the main thing with the private companies uh, doing the assessments as well is that it doesn't matter that they... They sign like sign eighty percent of people or something like that off as fit for work, and then they all get overturned at appeal, and then is they it eighty percent. I think I think overturned. Uh, I think seventy or eighty. Yeah. I think eighty percent yeah, was the um, the target that they don't have that they have to they have to rubber stamp through eighty percent people are fit to was fit to work, and the majority of those people, if they appeal, go on to win the appeal and get all of the money backdated. So it doesn't actually save any money, but it's not intended to save money. It's intended to just pay ADOS. Yeah, I think if you if you want to hear more about the the evils of the DWP, um, go go back and listen to our uh, episode to our three. Episode. Yeah, 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 episode three. Yeah, and, which, uh, yeah. which is somewhat less lighthearted than uh, other shows we've done, uh, but still, you know, even though I'm in it, it's all right. It's still a good day. Um We've also had uh, Naga Manchetti yeah. and all of the fucking chaos around this. Um, so a complaint was made. I don't know who made the complaint. I think it was uh, just. It was asshole. a gammon. Yeah, yeah. I read yeah. the original complaint. It's absolute. It's a hundred percent pure strain gammon. Absolute yeah. bullshit. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. basically, um, go back where you came from. Isn't racist, um, mm. or at least you're not allowed to say that it is if you're on the TV. Uh, and the brown person, the, yeah, I think and the, brown, um, especially brown. I think yeah, the, specific she... bit, the specific bit they upheld was that she can say that the tweet was racist, but she can't call Donald Trump a racist for tweeting it because it's yes. saying the tweet is racist is a fact and that's fine on the news, but saying that Donald Trump is a racist is an opinion, and only yeah. we can't have that. And also, in what world world is that not a fact? It was bullshit about how um, you know the viewer shouldn't be able to determine what the um, the presenters' opinions are. It's like, what the fuck is Andrew Neil still doing on the fucking say, TV? I was going to say, has anyone told the rest of the BBC that? I think the greatest thing though is the fact that they said that um, that the BBC or the oh, I think it was like the the guy who dealt with the complaint said that uh, it was they weren't able to. Um, Pun, like punish the uh, oh, I can't remember the other she was on TV with another guy who was yeah who her asked co-host her, what's his name who, uh, yeah her co-host asked her to give her essentially give her opinion about the supposedly the complaint only uh, was only directed towards Naga Manchetti when it was actually directed at both of them um, which uh, the Guardian turned up uh, as a <laughs> uh, put a lot of egg on the BBC's face and then it it, it got overturned from on high didn't it because the yeah, the director general shit kicked out of them in, in the court of public opinion. Yeah, too fucking right. In the back Jeez. alley brawl of public opinion. Yeah, right. so another thing that happened that was um, a, a good thing. Um, little honourable mention. Uh, there's not much to it, but it's still good to 
to bring up. Uh, Diane Abbott had a shot at taking PMQs today because Joris Bonson was too busy getting a big sloppy blowjob from Hunters of Tory party delegates. Um, he sent Dominic Rabb, so that meant Jeremy Corbyn doesn't bother by kind of convention. So Diane Abbott went up against Dominic Rabb, um, and she's the first black person to do this, um, to actually stand at the dispatch box during Prime Minister's questions. And it's at the start of Black History Month as well, so that's good timing. That's um, yeah. I mean, it's taken decades too long, but, you know, it's a good start, and, and hooray, yeah. that's good stuff. Yeah, and let's be, let's be honest, there's nothing, there's no performance she could have given that would um, would have satisfied, you know, the, the media at large, because, uh, you know, um, it's not racist at all to um, still think that Diane Abbott's an idiot because she messed up a number, what, two years ago. Yeah, we're having difficulties with our diabetes. You know they were waiting for it to make even the slightest calculation error. Just yeah, so they could jump absolutely. On yeah, no, it was a shit show. But then, at the same time, she was up against Dominic Rabb, who is also shit. Um, oh, Mr. He, didn't he, know that the UK was an island. Yeah, yeah. Um, the man who's amazed by the idea of a port. Um, yeah, he <laughs> fucked it up pretty badly. Um, and because he fucked it up and was absolutely terrible, and it was Diane Abbott, um, the Guardian decided it was a draw for whatever scoring system you would apply to one person asking questions and the other giving zero fucking answers. The Guardian system um, is always a draw or a slight loss for Jeremy Corbyn. Is uh, is Dominic Rabb the one that owns the spiders and does all the karate? Or am I thinking of no, that's picture? Gavin Williamson. Uh, yeah, um, and with his spider called Cronus. Yeah, Honestly. yeah. I feel like that probably means something if you went to a better school than me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, Kronos is a, a Greek. He was the uh, god, god of a Apollo. Or a Titan. Was it? I think he was the father uh, of Apollo. Uh, yeah, something like that. Um, we need to get Milo Edwards on to talk about this shit. But <laughs> no, Kronos. Uh, Don't ask me about Greece. Ask me about Rome. I know that's the one I know about. Kronos was the father of Zeus. He's the head Zeus, of the that Titans. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all, all this I know from God of War, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Six years of oh. classic Greek education. Hell yeah, baby. Speaking of uh, legends, I, I completely forgot to bring this up during the planning phase, so I'll just treat this as an aside. But did um, the uh, Philip Hammond did Philip Hammond actually make good on his threat to sue Toby Young? Oh, um, Toby Young um, deleted the tweet um, that um, <laughs> used an anti-Semitic trope to try and imply that. Um, uh, Philip Hammond should join the Labour Party because uh, he's he and he Philip Hammond is an anti-Semite and Philip Hammond said I'm going to uh, seek legal advice on this and then uh, Toby Young deleted that original tweet and then replied to Philip Hammond's tweet saying so, I'm sorry please don't sue me yeah Toby <laughs> Young audibly shat himself <laughs> yeah it was it was the thing was as well it was it was one of those classic doing an anti-Semitism to call out anti-Semitism things that people do because. Philip Hammond made the point that Boris Johnson, some of Boris Johnson's backers are um, speculators, I think was the word he used. And Toby mm. Young immediately jumped on that as an anti-Semitic trope because speculators is a dog whistle for Jewish. And, and everyone was like, is it Toby? Or is it, that's news, <laughs> it's that's it's news it's to the rest You of just us. automatically <laughs> assumed it is, yeah. It's this idea that um, there are Jewish people who are rich, therefore uh, the left thinks all rich people are Jewish, therefore... Uh, taxing rich people is anti-Semitism. 
Well, I mean, it was just, it was Tobin Young telling on himself, wasn't it? Because like clearly, oh yeah, if, well, you, they, if you talk about he made like, the connection, yeah, if you talk they about like not. speculators <laughs> and bankers, Toby Young immediately thinks Jews. Yeah. It's oh look, young. is that your mask on the ground? I think it slipped off. Let <laughs> me just get it for you. Oh no, look, my mask has slipped. <laughs> Why does your heart mask have a small moustache? <laughs> can, can I can I briefly mention some more good news because it was it was quite good and it got no coverage whatsoever. Whatsoever, of course. Yes. Uh, that's the uh, Holland and Wolf shipyard strike um, in Belfast, which has been going on since June. Uh, I don't know if you remember, it was the shipyard that built the Titanic and oh, they went bankrupt over the summer because of course the government didn't want to save them. Um, so between June and now, uh, the workers on the site actually occupied the whole place to prevent it from, you know, just literally being assets stripped, the cranes taken off, all the, you know, the, the valuable items being mm. taken apart and done. And they've just made a new deal with a big gas company and they're going to build a giant uh, gas storage facility on the same site. And uh, that's 120 jobs that are saved, uh, that are not going to be gone. And the company has at least said they'll add a few hundred more in the next couple uh, years. So, you know, that's really good. And you won't hear it pretty much anywhere. You know, striking works, you know, making sure the fucking vultures don't make off with your cranes is good. So, you know, really good job on them. Yeah, turns oh, out yes. collective action, really good. Does work. Yes. Up the wackles. Hell yeah, worker action. Right. So, you know, well, big up to them. One worker action. Um, yeah. Our, our, everyone's favourite um, shop, Asda. But, we, all, we all love Asda. I, I live there. Asda. I'm actually podcasting from an Asda mm. right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Asda yeah. have... Um, for, for a wee bit of background, for anyone that's not aware, they have decided that they're going to issue all of the workers on an old contract a new contract, which is shit. It takes away a lot of paid breaks, it takes away a lot of uh, overtime rates on the likes of Sundays bank and holidays. Bank holidays. Bank holidays, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it, it fucks them really. It's a pretty shit contract and their option is sign it by the 2nd of November or fuck off. So this has been yep. going a little while. Um, it was brought up at the Labour conference as well. Uh, I think it was the GMB union are doing a lot of work with them um, to try and get some sort of some sort of collective action sorted out and some sort of resolution for the, the employees that are affected. Um, today, or over the last couple of days at least, um, the company has decided to you know be a little bit compassionate to the to the workers. It's well, so that's nice of them. Yeah, that's good. Um, so <laughs> they, they've handed out leaflets um, titled From Finding a New Job to Getting the Job. Here's some top tips to help. Oh, what? I thought the leaflet was going to be These are your rights as workers. Make sure you guarantee them and, you know, find a lawyer if they try to screw you. Actually, you're, you're not too far off because these are your rights as a worker in the free market, oh. the marketplace of jobs. So the here's what you can sword. do once we fired you. Yep. So it's um it's pretty. F it's just it's just naked. Fuck you. Um, it's, it's an intimidation so insulting. tactic. Um, it really is. So I mean, they, they tell you about your local job centre, which is good to tell people about in a no, year where yeah. they've actually closed yeah, this a lot is, of them down. Like I just want to um, say that the this the, the point about pointing out the job centre is absolutely um blatant in attempts at intimidation because who has ever had a good experience in a job centre? This is the entire point 
of the uh, you know the Tory free uh, liberalisa- liberalising of um, labour laws and everything, so that people are literally too terrified of being unemployed to be to ever argue in favour of their rights as a worker, to argue against their jo- their, their manager or their boss, and. Uh, Oh, just I lost, fuck, uh, fuck Asda. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I lost a job once and I spent three months looking for a new one. I did not sign on the entire time because I knew what it would be like. I didn't want anything to do with that. It was yeah, same here. No, absolutely I, I mean, I have signed on and it's depressing. It's depressing to have to go down there, you know, every couple of weeks and just go, here's all the many, many, many things I've, you know, I've tried to do to get a job. Yes, I've been trying. Here's all the applications I made. Yes, I've gone through my CV. And doing it week on week out it is just horrifying. Yeah, it's it's shit. It's somewhere that no one wants to be, and it is a pure intimidation tactic. Um, to you're right, it's 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 bang on. Um, and you got the staff exactly there just that. trying to find any reason whatsoever to deny your money for that uh, fortnight. Yeah, and I mean, it's, I mean the job centre, I think, is probably a whole episode, but. You know, just the, well, the idea of just literally going up to people and just saying, yeah, if you don't like this new contract, you know, hint, hint, there's the job centre. It's like it's just blatant extortion, you know, and intimidation. Total it's, intimidation, yeah. It's gross. Yeah. I mean, it even goes as far as to tell you to look on the internet um, because most jobs are advertised <laughs> online these well, days. What you also need to remember is that um, a lot of these uh, people are going to be older people, so like, you know, um, in their 40s, 50s, 60s, people who are less likely, um, to varying degrees, to understand how to use the internet, basically. And if you've been in, if you've been employed by Asda for 30 years... Yeah. You you might well not know that you have, most jobs are online now. So, again, this is another attempt at intimidation because you're going to have to learn how to use the internet. You're going to have to figure out how to get your CV online. You're well, going to have to figure out how to, have to like, use your website. You're probably going to have to buy a computer website. or a smartphone and like, learn how to work that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. all it's all it's all um, parcelled together in order to terrify people who might not have that kind of experience. Has there been has there been any word on whether or not the DWP helped provide these leaflets? Because having seen the leaflet, the colour scheme and the layout and the, the font and everything is literally what they what they would use in the job centre for one of their official leaflets. It's probably just being cribbed off that and slightly amended. Yeah. Like it, it does I know what you mean it does look exactly like that kind of um this has been printed right off uk. It does look like that. Um I mean it's <laughs> The whole thing's fucking despicable. I mean, even if you were going to be in this position as the employer, right, and you were going to do something that looked as if you were trying, even just to, even say you don't give a fuck about the workers, to at least try and look like you were, what you would do <laughs> is you would actually spend some money and actually look at getting people new jobs as opposed to fuck off and do it yourself. Here's a handy leaflet that tells you fuck all you can't know without a two-minute Google. The presumption there is that um, there would ever be uh, a, a, a company like Asda would ever do anything that might oh, yeah, um, yeah. might reduce their bottom line because that's the, that's exactly what this new contract is. Means they don't means it, exactly. It's all about all about number the profit. Must go up. And, it's about yeah, number value. must go up. 
Thank you, Milton yeah. Friedman, and fuck <laughs> you. Yeah, um, I suppose I suppose now is as good a, t- a good a time as ever. I actually work for Asda as a as a driver, and um, Ooh, they do not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the best thing about being a driver is, a, for the most part, I don't actually have to put up with any of the people that work there. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, so I'm a driver, and um, there was one day I um, had a, it's a long day, so um, I did a run in the morning in the van for like four hours, and towards the end of that, I started getting a migraine. Um, so I went back to the store and they said, oh, you're, you need, we need you to go out again. I was like, well, uh, I'm not going out again because I'm getting a migraine. I literally won't be able to drive in about an hour. And um, it was only after I went up to the store manager, like, so it was a team leader and then their manager and then the store manager I had to explain this all to, to tell them, I cannot drive. I might kill someone if I drive this fucking van. That uh, they thought, they said... Uh, Okay, well, if you're not feeling well enough, it's like, yeah, yeah, fuck you. Um, I'd much rather not kill anyone, even if that means uh, you're going to have some late deliveries. So that's the kind of attitude that uh, the management at Asda have. It is literally all about targets to, you know, return value to shareholders. That is it. That is all they care about. It's all they will ever care about. It's always the same like that in any sort of retail yeah. job. Like, I mean, I've had yeah. jobs before where it is purely we'll just get on with it, just suffer through whatever the issue is mm. because we we can't close or we can't take this off the menu or things like that. And it's just it's blatant and naked chasing the money. Pretty much and every it's company's just, it's like fucking that. Fucking disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's it's endemic. It's it's not it, not efficient to plan for human fallibility. Yeah, um, it would make sense for them to have, um, you know, one other person on the shift who is able to drive. Because there, there are jobs that can be be doing at that time of day uh, by someone who's able to drive but is just not driving. But, of course, that would mean having to pay for extra staff. And what is the first thing that any business will attempt to cut down on before anything else because it's probably arguably the least fixed cost and it's in, and it's wages yeah it's always labor costs you can always cut down on labor costs all the time because every single one of your employees you've got them over a barrel because they rely on you the employer to live well they know they might have to go and actually get universal credit if they don't have you and that's suddenly weeks exactly. without money well, that's yep. the thing. As these wages are so terrible, there are people at my job who are also on universal credit getting a top-up on their poverty wages from the state, which even if you're someone who... Um, if you think that you know uh, state-provided benefits are a good thing, it is obviously wrong that you could be in a job and not be earning enough to survive and therefore would need benefits to top that up. So it should be it's it's state subsidised, uh, you know. Yeah, and slavery. Yeah. Yeah, that ten pound wage when labour comes in can't come soon enough. Yeah, but I mean the Tories will get to them. They will offer the same to you, but over five years, kicking in at ten pound fifty. Fifty. Uh, but only in twenty twenty four, and only if you're over twenty five. No, 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 yeah. no, no, it's over 21, they've lowered that oh, now to sorry. make it oh, wow. fairer. Wow, thank you, Eggman. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, yeah, as that are shits, uh, don't shop there. Um, and in they... very recent news, 
Um, yeah. Very, very recent news, very. because this has only just fucking happened. Um, Pro Rogue 2, Boogaloo. Yep, Pro Rogue Harder. Um, <laughs> the government's... Uh, it's, it's at it again. Um, so they're going to Pro Rogue Parliament next week. Um, Coming off the resounding the reason- success of Pro Rogue 1. <laughs> yeah, they're doing this so that they can have a Queen's speech, so it's the standard length of prorogation in this one. Um, now, there's effectively three days left for Joe Swinson to um, <sighs> become unimprisoned from the Phantom Zone. The Tory goes come out. Oh, God. Yeah. Are we, yeah. we going to go on a quest to find the Wonder Crystal to liberate Joe Swinson from the Brain Spiders? <laughs> we, we are obviously never going to try and free Joe, uh, Joe Swinson from her prison. <laughs> it's just no. unconscionable. No. I mean, it depends what kind of prison. I mean, again, if she would like a trip to the Isle of Man with John McDonnell, um, I'm sure that could be arranged <laughs> in the future. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like only one of them's going to come back. Well, do you not remember Theresa May coming out with... Um, she said that she wasn't looking forward to the idea of Labour ever being in power because John McDonnell would put her in a gulag on the Isle of Man. Oh, Christ, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is why I want a Labour government. People don't understand. Yeah, it's like she said this and it's like, why are you advertising for the Labour Party? What are you doing? <laughs> and I thought for a moment that like, maybe duelling was still legal on the Isle of Man. No, no, no. It's, um, it's a Theresa May idea that John McDonnell's going to set up actual re-education camps. Yeah. Anyway, so three days left for Joe Swinson to, you know, stop having this idiotic position of Brexit is the worst of all worlds. Oh, wait, no, actually, uh, uh, like a caretaker government led by Corbyn for a few months, literally to sort out a, a Brexit extension and then do uh, a general election. That is more terrifying than the hard Brexit that they've just talked about nothing else than for the last, what is it, three years now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's 100% positioning for the Lib Dems uh, in an upcoming election because all of their target seats are Lib Dem Tory marginals. The, and uh, to legitimise Jeremy Corbyn as uh, a prime minister would, you know, completely ruin their uh, the, Lib, uh, the Lib Dem uh, appearance, that is, as, <laughs> you know, the sensible, moderate Tories is essentially what well, Joe Swinson is trying yeah. to portray the Lib Dems as, even if a majority of her party literally would rather have Jeremy Corbyn be an interim prime minister than no, for no deal to occur. Never mind, um, oh Christ, what was his name? Is it uh, that MP that today said... Uh, oh, that, uh, the guy in Scotland with the, the gammon head, him. Oh yeah, the, the Lib Dem, um, his name's fucking escaped me as well. We're a professional podcast. <laughs> um. Suffice to say, he said that he, uh, um, he would rather have... Uh, uh, he would rather have no deal than Jeremy Corbyn be Prime Minister. Even if Jeremy Corbyn is Prime Minister for literally 10 minutes to sign a letter and then call an election, that it's would be 10, 10 minutes, minutes too long. Too long. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> fucking... Oh, oh he, he'd suddenly take dictatorial powers, he'd take over the entire country, and that's just unconscionable. <laughs> <laughs> as, as all the time that Theresa May and Boris Johnson have been in power... Um, have made clear that the Prime Minister has the absolute power to do whatever they want at all times and make it happen. Theresa May being the most famous example of an effective and ruthless Prime Minister that gets entirely everything they want. 
Yeah, but have you considered that, like, once he's in there for five minutes, the momentum thugs will finally put on their uniforms and just take everything? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just waiting for, um, you know, Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> the thing is, any anything Jeremy Corbyn would do, say he do, say Labour do get a majority in the next election, anything Jeremy Corbyn does that, you know, short of literally putting people into work camps is going to be like, oh, this isn't so bad, actually. So it actually makes, I mean, you know, from a Lib Dems perspective, a lot of sense to keep him out because he is only ever going to be... He, he only uh, Jeremy Corbyn only ever benefits from being in the public eye, like as in um, Sans yeah. absolute... Yeah, Sans um, opinion. Smearing, yeah. basically, yeah. Shall we, yeah, he's um, not... shall we go stare into the heart of darkness? Yeah. Well, yeah. One, one Speaking last, of Tories, one last scared. thing I wanted to say about the um, the caretaker government was I don't know if anyone saw, but uh, Reese Mogg. Oh, no. it, was, it was a no. coup, Stop and everyone swearing. Would, they would they would get their comeuppance, which is just the least threatening thing I've ever fucking heard. To be honest, what's he going to do? Repeal yeah. the Corn Laws? <laughs> <laughs> He's just the least menacing person I think I've ever fucking seen on the face of this earth. Yeah. But, I mean, nice of him to continue using the exact kind of language that, like, most female MPs and a lot of people in general across the UK have been, like, begging people not to use, because, you know, it's, like, that's really not good. Yeah, but, I mean, he's an absolute shithead, so he's never going to use anything else, prick. really. Yeah. All right, but I'm sure, uh, you know, the decision to prorogue, I mean, it's just come through. I'm sure, you know, Labour, other people, SP will challenge it in the lower courts again, and then maybe there's time to get it all the way to Supreme Court again, and maybe there isn't. We'll have to see. And, like, you guys just have to, everybody listening will just have to, I don't know, look at our Twitter account, Praxiscast. Yeah, get the plug in now before nice we forget later. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I thought it was very subtle. Um, <laughs> right, okay, so, yeah, um, main event of the week, uh, Tory conference. Abandon all hope ye who enter here. Gotta say, gotta be loving all the members there cosplaying as the old white men. <laughs> no, no, it's been strange because they have. It's a fan favourite. Yeah, they have introduced other characters in recent years, but it does seem to be that most of them like to be playing as old white men. I, it's obviously what, what is their favourite, so. What I really enjoyed are all the uh, pictures of um, the delegates and stuff from the conference, and they're pretty much. <laughs> it's just loads of pictures of fat white men just asleep in all the chairs yeah, it looks a like an nap. absolute riot like thrilling oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's fucking horrible it's the same every year um, sometimes it's really funny like when Theresa May um, nearly died on oh, stage God. with a coffin fit and oh. the stage fell apart and she got hanged a P45 it was, it was really that fucking was good that was just the best year oh. oh yeah was... absolutely it, like, Armando Iannucci could never have wrote an episode of the thick of it like that no, yeah, it absolutely, so absolutely, absolutely be, would have been considered heavy-handed. And there was that guy. <laughs> this would never happen. That guy yeah. got thrown out yesterday, was it, for fighting with the security? Yeah, it was. Yes, yeah, um, what an MP. The, yeah, not just an MP, MPs, the treasurer for the backbench 1922 Tory committee, and he was uh, chucked out because apparently he wanted to get his wife into the international lounge, where I'm assuming there are free drinks or something like that. Um... And then the the security staff said, "I'm sorry, but this is limited access." And like nobody know, quite knows what happened yet, but I'm sure he pulled like a giant gammon face and went, "Don't, Don't you know, know who, who I am?" am. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, his name uh, that the MP is Jeffrey Clifton Brown. Ah, ripping, that's a Tory name if ever I heard one. Yeah, <laughs> repping that double barrel surname. 
Uh, so- sorry, Jack Frame Reed. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and his his timing it was extraordinary as well because he did it about half an hour before Mrs. Law and Order, Pretty Patel, took to the stage and did her big speech on how the party is the party of Law and Order. Oh yeah, I mean we'll, we'll, we'll get to Patel in a minute. I mean a couple of things that I want to just quickly cover here is um, mm. the stupidity that's on display. Uh, we, we said it from last year when Theresa May went out and had just an absolute damp wet fart of a conference last year where nothing new was announced I think they, there was literally two policies over the entire conference that they announced um, Was it was it last year or the year before where she just announced one of Ed Miliband's policies from 2015? That was last year, yeah, that was, that was one of the year, policies yeah, yeah with the um, cap in the energy, in yeah. energy, yeah, yeah uh, but energy I think, prices, yeah. But by now I think pretty. I'm pretty sure that, that you know this Tory government has uh, all, and the previous ones have have copied, if two thirds, if not the entirety of Ed Miliband's uh, Labour manifesto. Almost certainly, yeah. But I mean, that's how far left the Overton window's been pulled. Yeah. As much as the the rhetoric, shove that window very, over, baby. As much as the rhetoric's really moved to the right, the actual policies that are out there are much further to the left because it's it is the way that the Overton window's been moved, and that's all down to the the Corbyn movement since twenty fifteen. It's been a steady push, and it, it, I say steady. It's accelerated now. If you look at the mm. like, yeah, go back and listen um, to last week's episode with the the Labour manifesto. It's really, really strong. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, um, I mean, just the um, the inflection point really has been since uh, May's government left, and the Eggman is now um, now Chancellor, because they are doing uh, on on economics what. Uh, new Labour were doing on migration, which is being Tories, being Labour, but not as much. And as we all know, no one likes the diet shit. Everyone wants the full fat injected directly into my into my vein shit. So it's going to be interesting to see how this works out for them in an election when they're talking about spending all this money and yeah. Labour are like, all right, let's game on. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I will say, I mean, and then we will have to do some of the individual bits. But like, just purely speaking, policy-wise, what you got from uh, the Eggman, from Priti Patel, from Boris himself, like it was all, like, uh, it, apart from Brexit things, it was all really like thin. It was really like there was just not much there, you know, nothing. I mean, the usual shit, but like nothing really big, nothing like getting rid of the DWP, um, you know, the, the the Green New Deal, like the big stuff that Labour was doing, was nothing like it. No, it's, it's no vision for the future shit. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the line that they keep taking is that, well, we can't do anything big until Brexit's done, which is, again, just feeds into the same shit. They need Brexit for their narrative because it has to be dealt with now and it's the most important thing. And it's because that they are fucking completely politically bankrupt at this point. They don't have anything left. I mean, some of the people that they're trotting out, so Esther McVeigh had a (laughs) little speech and she was talking about um, house building. Think house building, good, that's good, yep. Yep, like it. Ideal thing for them to be focusing on, we need that. Um, And she was talking about the jobs around it and how we need to get more young people into construction. Well, first off, it's not that young people aren't into construction. I'm sure you can find plenty of fucking builders that don't have a job just now because you're not building any fucking houses, Esther. Yeah, and plus I'm still sure you can find a lot of young people who would love to have a good construction job, the emphasis on good. Yeah, um, but the, the big draw um, is that 
Did you know that they're, they're doing construction architecture on computers now? Um, in 3D, no less. And Three right. whole dimensions. Wow, I've Three only been living in... Three entire dimensions. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I've, that's, uh, that's why I've only lived in flats up until now. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Boo, you. <laughs> Another joke just for me. <coughs> but it's not just that um, we're all going to live in 3D houses. I mean, which is amazing because you know living on a flat plane's really been bothering me. Um, but that uh, if you have a house under this new bright shiny Tory government, you can have up to two extra floors on your house without any council say so or anybody say so you can just bi- you know if you have a spare caravan just bolt that bitch to the roof you're fine <laughs> you just you just get like these mad max-esque yeah. houses just like bolted onto each other yeah, with a yeah, fire yeah. coming out and a guitar oh Break out if, the if you've thing. seen it's a dread, dreadful movie but if you've seen ready player one there's like the stacks and it's mm-hmm. just literally like um, industrial girders holding up stacks of caravans, like that's what I'm imagining. Like every spaceship I ever build in uh, Kerbal Space Program. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'd be alright because the only people that can actually do this are people that live in Tory neighbourhoods. You know, and they're just going to be complaining to each other about blocking each other's light and maybe they'll just beat each other to death. Yeah. Well, the thing here is, it's not going to be, it's not going to be, um, it's gonna, not going to be the poshos who have to deal with this. It's going to be Tenants is going to be people who live yeah. in rented accommodation. They're going because... to get an HMO. They're going to add two more stories and make it instead of a seven-person yeah. HMO. Yeah, they're going exactly. to be 15-person so, HMO. Yeah, fifth, love to live with 14 other people. Like, it's fucking uni halls again. And also really yeah. love to live in a house where I'm... I'm this is, we don't know the details of this policy because there were no real details in any of this stuff. But like, I'm assuming the landlord will just get the right to install a new floor on top of your apartment and you know have you living in dust and noise for, for, for a year or something. Oh, they probably yeah, just evict you. Probably just evict you. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be the usual. I mean, they'll build they'll build up rather than just putting more walls in. They'll just build up the weight and then put more walls in. I mean, I, I can only really advocate more walls for landlords anyway. But. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was one of the policies they um they announced this week as well. I think because uh, obviously Labour was saying that they want to give right to buy to tenants uh, in the PRS. Private tenants, yeah, yeah. yeah that was uh, great. And now they've got the Conservatives saying that they want to give right to buy to people that are in housing associations. So they're almost going labour light with that policy as well. Yeah, it's no surprise. I mean, like I said, it's it's the only way that they can go because they're losing so many fucking potential votes through through their own ineffectiveness. And they're, they're reaching out to the only thing that looks like it's working for anyone, which is the polar opposite of what they normally fucking do. Yeah, can I tell you what's, what's not labour light though? Pork market. <laughs> Fucking trust. Let's, let's trust. Let's just the everyone's favourite Tory MP of pork market and cheese import fame. Just more the, cheese, Liz. The champ. I mean, she was a deaf for years ago, and it's just like one of the dimmest people ever to grace the halls of Westminster. I mean, like. Light wow. just That's refracting a... inside that skull, just bouncing around. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. In December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. We import two-thirds of our cheese. That is a disgrace. All right. Yeah, that's, that speech was delivered in 
full earnest. Yeah. Like she really yeah. meant that shit. Yeah, if and you, I've got uh, an excerpt here from a an interview that she done in the Spectator this week um oh with Katie Balls. Um Truss, who describes herself as a destiny's child feminist, <laughs> says that when yeah. <laughs> like, what what I, girls feminist. What? I have some I ha- I have some questions. What does that mean? I have no answers. <laughs> what does that mean? Liz, what does that mean? A TLC feminist. Just, I'm so unhappy. Uh, uh, I just want to quickly go back to the pork, uh, like the pork markets theory because I just uh, the thing I really like about it is just the, the face she pulls in the video. She's just really oh, proud yeah, of herself. Yeah. She's so happy. There is a link in the notes and I encourage you to watch this if you've never seen it before. Um... Yeah, so she says that when Johnson appointed her international trade secretary, he referenced her infamous 2015 conference speech in which she spoke about port markets and cheese exports as proof that she has a keen interest in the area. <laughs> Boris Johnson seen as... that video, he heard that speech and he thought, she's the woman for the job. Yeah, She's probably I mean... not as keen in port markets as uh, one Mr. D. Cameron. <laughs> uh no that's the private that's the very private pork market um no th- but i mean we have to <laughs> remember she, pork. she you know she this is the woman after disgraced former defense secretary liam fox who is now the international <laughs> trade secretary so if this whole brexit hard brexit you know um we will trade with the world thing is going to happen this woman is your point person to get new trade deals I mean, it's yes. it, oh boy. it's astonishing because We're there was a piece in the there was a piece in the Financial Times a few days ago um, that said that when she came home, like the whole cabinet and like number ten was extremely not impressed with a her achievements and b like her behaviour because apparently most of the embassies have written back and said this this woman is this is impossible. So I mean, really, just <laughs> dreadful. <laughs> Oh, she remains my favourite Tory. I'm sorry, at Mancock, but um, it's it's always going to be Liz Truss for me. It has been since she done that speech. <laughs> sorry, oh, Chris. Um, yeah, your fantasy woman, huh? Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. No, it, it's my fantasy Tory. Um, ineffectual, <laughs> bumbling, uh, just completely useless, but not in any sort of way that they're actually capable of weaponising it. Just weapons grade thick. Can 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 I mention uh, you know and, and move a little bit on uh, who I found the like, genuinely the most terrifying of the whole conference? Like oh, I, I was please just I I was genuinely terrified pretty by Pretty Patel like that oh, God, that yeah. speech. Oh, well, she's an atomic kitten Malthusian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It was I mean. <laughs> It was, it was, in a way, it was very classic Tory. It was all about, you know, we are the party of law and order and under us, you know, the criminals will be punished harder than ever before and put into the stockades more than ever before and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, we'll recruit 20,000 new police officers after sacking that many during austerity. Um, and then, you know, not just that, but also arming them more, like spending 10 million quid on equipping people with the police with tasers. I can which... see no way that that could go wrong. No. No, um, only except every way. I mean, it was absolutely. I mean, it was really vile, and some of the vilest things were reserved for, of course, for immigration, because that was what these people, you know, it, it was just 
we will introduce the Australian system. And for those of you who don't know it, the Australian system is like a point-based thing where like if you have more skills, you have more points and you come in. And it's also basically a if you have blatant... more money. <laughs> yeah. It's a blatant code for... Unless melanin. Yeah. It's racism. <laughs> it's exclusionary. Um, it, it's... 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 It's just dreadful. And there was a line in her... There were two lines in her... Uh, there was a line in her speech where... She literally said, you know, this is a government uh, driven by the people's priorities, hardworking, honest, law-abiding people whose needs are humble, whose expectations are modest, and whose demands of their government are simple. Can I, I just if only the wanna, Tory party were like that. I just want to make a quick point about um, uh, the taser thing, because... This is exactly what the problem... Well, you know, one of the myriad problems that they have in the US. They've got these massively over... Like, over-equipped, you know, militarised police with no training on how to really use any of their equipment. And, like, tasers will kill people. They do kill people, and they will always kill people. That is why they are... You know, they are a weapon. Yeah. And if, if this £10 million is all the funding, which, you know, is probably going to be part of the only funding that the police are going to get. They're not going to get any training on how to use the damn things. I mean, it's not... They, 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 will, they, will, get, they will definitely get training on it, because that's what a lot of that money is going to be spent on, is getting um, private firms in to train them on it. Yeah. Um, but the training's not the bit that's the problem, because um, I'm pretty sure... Um, and I, I hate myself for not being able to remember the guy's name... But the, the Brazilian guy that got shot on the tube? Uh, de, de Menendez? De Menendez? Yeah. I'm pretty sure all those officers were trained in... Yeah, in firearms use. use of firearms. Mm. They were not trained in the actual practical applications of yeah. being an armed policeman. Conflict, de-escalation, yeah. dealing with people, yeah. you know, the stuff that you really need. I really want to go back to this point about, like, the hard-working, law-abiding people whose needs are humble, whose expectations are modest. And it's just like... This is lit. This is a. This is one of the really serious ministers of, you know, of the British state who, who just says the people that we represent, the people that we want to work for, are essentially medieval peasants who worship their lord. It's. I mean, <laughs> living uh, off the land. <laughs> just you know, Looking just off. little or Victorian, you know, uh, people who were chopped up in the mills. You know, people who doff their caps with. But it was. I mean. Apart from just being quite frightening in in the hard hard rightness, just the you know the, the portrayal of the people of the UK as these you know servile minions was just I thought it was really vile. Like I was really appalled. And all of this, you know, all the money that's being spent. So you have the ten million on the tasers, the twenty thousand new cops, the twenty five million for a safer street fund. Um, you know, none of it. I mean, yeah. That um, I just that repointing that safer streets fund. That's new security measures to help tackle Britain's worst crime spots. Read worst crime spots as poorest areas. Yeah, areas with a that's lot of minority that's people. A fucking that's an absolute dog whistle for that there. And speaking of fucking dog whistles, speaking of fucking dog whistles, North London liberal elite. Yeah, an actual literal quote. Yeah, that's ex an exact words. Um, her um, use of that was allegedly about Corbyn, Abbott, Thornbury, you know, people who actually represent constituencies <laughs> in North London. Turns out, though, 
that actually that's an anti-Semitic trope and has been used as one quite often in the past to the point where people immediately fucking jumped on it on Twitter. Um, but it's okay, the commentary app were all there to make sure that we all knew that she couldn't possibly have meant it in that way and she's definitely talking about Abbott, Corbyn, no, Yes, Tories don't do the anti-Semitism. Yeah, it's quite, um, it's quite funny when you consider that, um, you know, Diane Abbott's constituency is Hackney North and Stoke Newington, a constituency with quite a high proportion of Jewish people that live there. So even mm. if she is talking about the North London elite, like Jeremy Corbyn and Diane Abbott, she's implicitly talking about their constituencies, which are, you know, high proportion Jewish. And yeah. it's... And it just uh, fucking uh, makes me so yeah. agitated when, um, you know, uh, Robert Peston just absolutely cover, like covers for Pretty Patel by saying, oh, she didn't mean it like that. She meant it like this. Could you imagine if Jeremy Corbyn or um, yeah. I suppose Diane Abbott had said uh, nor- uh, like North London elite and use coded language like that oh they'd be on them straight away it's it's a fucking it's a joke um right moving off the hill that was pretty patel speech which was genuinely terrifying um joris bonson the main act now, the i'm main not man. Oh, yeah. i'm not gonna go over the any of the event. stuff in his speech here now because his speech didn't actually really include anything of fucking substance no. what i'm gonna do though is i'm going to read you um A few direct quotes, direct quotes from his speech. Parliament is the stone in the shoe of the British people. Spinning pizza wheel of doom. What? Tendrils of super informative vermicelli. Chew the super masticated subject of Brexit. My mother voted leave. Playbook of Bolivarian revolutionary Venezuela. Hell yeah. We are the party of the NHS precisely because we are the party of capitalism. We export Jason Donovan CDs to North Korea. Let us send Jeremy Corbyn into orbit where he belongs. What? He's like pistoling to talk what? at the best of times. And that's clearly not the best of times. I don't think this even really warrants any discussion here beyond no. this guy is there a is... fucking prick. I mean, did he, he come thinks up with he's this really stuff funny. himself? Or did he have a speechwriter do this for him? Because Half and half. Apparently no, he doesn't. It he doesn't, doesn't even matter. It's no, all directly he, from the art he, of war. He does have a speechwriter, but apparently um, his speechwriters. I read this today somewhere. Um, apparently his speechwriters have to give it to him without um, uh, any uh, interpunction, um, like points, commas, that kind of stuff. It's just like one stream of consciousness <laughs> thing, and then he just riffs off it. Wow. Uh, there is one thing. There is one thing I want to mention about. Um... Johnson's talk Johnson talking at the conference um there was one there was one um this wasn't his uh, main speech he was at, um like a DUP talk I think it was and he uh, mentioned that he was going to he, he started a sentence uh, or had a sentence uh, that involved the words Mr Corbyn should be invited to and people in the in the crowd oh, yeah. shouted yeah. out shouted out uh, for example traitor's gate and another one said a noose and the comments were greeted with laughter, according to people that were there. So, um, that's the kind of atmosphere that's being 
yeah. generated <laughs> as a result of this threat. rhetoric. Yep, normal, cool, and good. Yeah. Um, let's very. I want to because I know we're running a bit long, but I do want to touch on like the one serious thing that was touched on at conference and then came out fully today, which is the new mm-hmm. um, proposal to replace the box, the backstop, and sort of solve the Brexit um, border proposal. Um, yep. Okay. A, backst- a backstop by any other name. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, it's it's a bit complicated, uh, and I'm not going to pretend I understand the whole thing of it, but. Roughly speaking, uh, Ireland. Th- this is this is the exact same thing that, like, this is, uh, you know, the whole um, agreement with the EU, the 600 plus page document. This is the exact same thing, but just the lines about Ireland are different. So, like, it's it's entirely Theresa May, Theresa May's deal, but just with a little bit of difference with uh, Ireland. That's all it is. <laughs> they jazzed up the <laughs> jazzed up the language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's also really important to remember that, like this high, whole idea of a backstop, is not something that comes into effect tomorrow. The backstop only comes into effect if, after the transition period, um, there's no agreement. Then there is a solution for Northern Ireland, uh, for for the, for the for the island essentially, uh, because it's so important that they don't go back to a hard border and breach the Good Friday Agreement. So this is you know this is not something that. Let's say there is or there isn't a deal on October 31 that will be implemented on November 1. This is, you're talking about, you know, 20, end of 2020 or 22, I think, depending on, on, on what it is. Um, and the biggest difference between the old deal and the new deal is that there now will be um, essentially the customs border for the United Kingdom will move uh, into the Irish Sea. <laughs> oh, oh we're back here again, are we? Do you even expect that to work? Uh, I mean, and it, but it's really weird. Like, it's it's in the Irish Sea, but not. Because what they will do is they will keep Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland in the same, uh, in sort of a, a version of the EU Customs Union, um, where there is regulatory, there is what's called regulatory alignment. So that means that Northern Ireland, in terms of its production and its trade, would have to follow all the rules of the EU, but um, the United Kingdom, like the island of the UK, uh, would not. I mean, I've seen, I saw something earlier that said that the UK would also not diverge from Northern Ireland customs. So Yeah, but that's really that's weird. That's sort like, of a contradiction in terms, because exactly. it would therefore mean that the UK would have to follow UK uh, it, European it, the island the island of England so Sco- uh, England's Wales and Scotland would not but the northern ireland would because yeah it's well, we're like, still in a customs union with northern ireland as well um, no well you you would be um, <laughs> it, it's it's very strange because um, you would be in the same customs union, but you wouldn't have to follow the same rules. So, like, Northern Ireland couldn't import chlorinated chickens, but you guys could. I think that's how it I'm, would work. I'm glad you're acting in your official capacity as the Brussels bureaucrat to <laughs> you know, get, give us the exact same reaction that they all got when they first read this as well. Yeah, and the big new idea, so the big central idea of this thing is, is, is well, what everybody wants to avoid and what's like super important is to not have this hard border again. So Boris is, it's not a new idea, it's been floating around since day one, um, is, is to not have customs checks, so like not have actual booths and stuff on country roads in Ireland, 
but to have yeah, which is an automatic no for the EU like yeah, we said already exactly. they're not up for that shit and also the, you know they would some of them would be blown up let's be really realistic about that oh yeah 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 it's going to be troubles 2.0 big time yeah, yeah. Oh, this, yeah this whole mess is basically what you get when you take a bunch of people who are incapable at an atomic level of caring about a subject and yeah. tell them they have to at least pretend that they care about the subject ah <laughs> uh, <laughs> the life of ireland this whole time yeah. <laughs> so, so so the idea would be is you have this i mean you have the actual line of the border and then sort of 10 miles behind that line on both sides you would have these things called customs centers and that's where um like it, let's say if you're going from the republic to northern ireland like you would park at the customs center they would check your goods for regulatory etc and do any taxation things and then they would send a, send you on your way through this 20 mile barrier zone and then you would be checked in again <laughs> on the other side so, wow that definitely from point A to point B, obviously, if you want to do smuggling or, like, carry stuff you're not supposed to, obviously, you could stop in the middle, just unload your cargo and, you know, pretend you're, you've done something else. So what Trade Center A, the Irish one, would do is, like, make an electronic inventory and then email it to Trade Center B on the other side, on the Northern <laughs> Irish side, and then they would match inventories and then do another round of checks and then... Good Lord. It's essentially you're making the border from one line into like a 20 mile zone where also incidentally 160,000 people actually live. Ah, so it's a no man's land. Uh, sort of, because <laughs> under this regime, you would be able to travel freely between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. But a like the customized zone? But the, the, the immigration controls, like the, the actual border stuff, would be if you tried to travel from Belfast over the Irish Sea to London or something. International waters for lorry drivers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 completely like it's really mad. And I, I mean, I've spent too much time this afternoon because partly I do this shit for work, like to see if I could make it work. And I, I don't get it. Like I really don't get it. And what I also couldn't get was like why uh, the DUP, our favorite anti-abortionist psychos, would be in favor of this. And the answer is there's a little one line in that letter that he sent to Juncker that says Ireland will Northern Ireland will get a new deal, which I'm assuming is just more like it's just another couple million another quid. Yeah. Cash money. Exactly. Dollar dollar bills, yo. Yeah. So uh, it's very confusing. I don't understand how it's going to work, but what I will, you know, what I will say or what I can roughly estimate is that the EU will take this more seriously than all the shits that's gone before because of this border in the Irish Sea business. Um, so they will, ha they now have the proposal, uh, which is an actual like legal text and document, which is how the EU likes it. Um, then there will be a formal discussion. And then once there's like the possibility of, of actually getting something done, they will enter what in EU language is known as the tunnel, which is where the last minute <laughs> crunch negotiation takes place. And that's like in the media blackout zone. So if you remember the stuff that went on with Greece a couple of years ago, where they put everybody in a room for like three days and like there were, well, give or take no leaks, that's what would happen then. But in, I honestly don't think they're going to get that far. Like, I think there's too many manky things in here to make it work. I've never heard yeah. of this island place before, but it sounds like a bunch of shit to me. It's a, it is a strange place. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Looking forward to seeing how that one comes through. Um, 
it's going to be a shit show. We yes, know it's going to be a yeah, shit show. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say, if we could learn nothing else from everything over the last two years, it's that, or three years even, that you just need to assume the most ridiculous, complicated, stupid thing is going to happen. Yeah. Will happen. yeah. And complete reliance on the technology fairy. Mm, love that. Love it. Uh, right, so we've got uh, an article um, just to, to swing slightly further back into the Tory conference from Henry Deeds, and he's he's watched the the Pretty Patel speech. Hell yeah! He so fucking loved it. So say we all. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's a weird article. It's kind of I, I don't really know what he's trying to do with it um, aside from maybe get Pretty Patel's attention, I'm not really sure. Uh, so he starts off, Criminals of Great Britain be warned, Pretty Patel's coming for you. <laughs> Drug pushers, wow. gang leaders, terrorists, heck, even cattle rustlers, gritty pretties coming for you all. Wow, this this is really Whoa, horny. Gritty pretty? Yeah, oh, does he, does he know this gets... is men? <laughs> Never go horny on men. <laughs> This guy's being horny on Maine. Uh, <laughs> He's mainlining horny. Gritty Pretty's yeah. gonna put on like her her justified outfit and like gonna find cattle rustlers. Like, is she gonna rail and give him people who nick a sheep? He's he's only really interested in the boots in that <laughs> outfit though, because he's slobbering all over them. <laughs> um, the Home Secretary's conference speech was red and raw. It was not red. It was far from fucking red. Um, a throwback to those old high am high hall pleasers Norman Tebbit used to give in the 1980s. I bet it wasn't just her conference speech that was red and raw, for fuck's sake. <laughs> no, he definitely was after he finished writing this. I'm red and raw, this um, sounds like we're going back to that Pornhub video. Uh, when spit an image returns to our screen soon, perhaps they'll depict Pretty as a snarling skinhead like Norman. Yes. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't be fucking undeserved. As as a brief aside, I'd I'd welcome the return of smallpox before I welcome the return of spit an image. <laughs> I know. Like, can we just not stop making bloody television from the nineteen eighties? It's just. No, well, let's be honest. The, the satire in this country is such utter dross. Hmm. Like, um, uh. Chris uh, Chris Morris did a, a uh, an interview on Channel Four where he basically said satire has to be has to have a goal rather than just be something that placates the court, which um, you know very much uh, taking shot at. Um, I've got news for you there. Uh, yeah, big time. Yeah. All right. Um, right. Keep so it going. We'll go on. So restoring the Conservatives' reputation as the party of law and order was top of her agenda. Embarrassingly, just two hours before Pretty appeared, the police had been summoned to our media area where Tory MP Geoffrey Clifton Brown was embroiled in a daft kerfuffle with one of the security guards. Oops. Oh, okay, so if it's if it's a Tory MP and he's, you know, fighting a security guard, then it's a daft little kerfuffle and an oopsie. If I'm oh my assuming... god, they actually said oops as well. Fucking hell. It's, yes, oops literally appeared in the article. I didn't, I didn't add that Whoopsie in. daisy. Yeah. Whoopsie days! You accidentally punched someone. Yeah. What? What's a boy to do? Um, yeah. I'm sure you know. Daft kerfuffle is how she would describe anyone from a poor background or a minority background. Uh, you know, and in, in their confrontation with the police. Back to Pretty. There was no fluff in her script. 
No lily level chat about tackling social ills or the causes of crime. It's proper bang em up stuff. Yeah, oh let's not God. bother tackling the cause. Let's just wait till it happens and then be harsh about it. That's a good way to run society. Also, lily livered? This this guy has just stayed up all night doing coke and watching Rawhide, hasn't he? Before he <laughs> <laughs> oh, the language at times was pretty tasty. Mm. Like oh my God. Just like the boots. She's used the word spineless to describe criminals. I don't recall Theresa May or Amber Rudd making speeches like this oh, in the Home no. Office. A home sec needs the police on side, and sure enough, the Rosers got a right old treacle hosing. <coughs> God! This is, it, wow, this the horniness the horniness reemerges. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a treacle we have repeated talk of back in the police. Pretty's Essex lilt means the letter G often goes walkabout. What? what See also getting Brexit done and exploiting children. Oh well. Okay, there's are they, something there. Are they wanting to exploit children? <laughs> it doesn't say. That's a, that sounds like a that sounds like a Tory manifesto um, <laughs> line. If I ever saw it, never heard it. Oh god. Okay, so so the average oh. policeman on the beat is going to get a trico bukkake from the Home Office. Right. Good. Cool. <laughs> oh, the police need a Home Secretary, Pretty said, who stands beside them. Her mm. voice then took on a sorceress-like tone. I am that Home Secretary. <laughs> I am the law! (laughs) Chief constables also needed the power to arm officers with taser guns. I am giving them that power. To the delight of the auditorium, she recalled Margaret Thatcher's mantra, which advised an honest day's work for an honest day's pay, live within your means, pay your bills on time, and support the police. That will have got the plods purring. It's a shame you haven't... uh, You've been cutting police... For the last ten years, isn't it? Mm. It's very unfortunate. Yeah, but now they're going to plod with their treacle that's running all over their faces. Oh. Must make it very difficult to catch the criminals when you're that sticky. <laughs> no, actually, that improves it. <laughs> you just lay there like some kind of weird fly trap. Yeah, sleeping policeman. <laughs> Pretty's always enjoyed her reputation as a right winger, <laughs> but she looks ruthless too. An unkind person might say she appeals cruel. <laughs> yeah, she appears cruel because of the way she looks, but mainly because of her fucking policies. She looked like the lost cousin of the Bolton family who, like, flays your skin off while you're living. It's, uh, her facial expression is constantly wrapped in this smug, shit-eating type grin that I, f- I fucking hate. Because every time she opens her mouth and the shit that she says and she pulls that wee smile at the end of it, it's just, she loves this. She loves the idea of bringing back hanging. It's fucking horrible. Um, I, can't, I can't believe she even fucking tried to deny that. I see, That is just incredible. Know, what, what, yeah. was, what was it? Was it on Mar or something? She tried to deny it and, oh, yeah, Christ. Um, right. Even when she flashes her pearly whites, there is menace in that smile. I imagine her as a right little bruiser in her youth. One oh, of the no. man girls who loitered at the school oh, gates, no. demanding your dinner money. Oh my god! Demanding choke, your choke, dinner money. Choke me harder, Daddy, but like Pretty Patel. <laughs> he really is. He's like he's just a little piggy. He just wants Pretty Patel to like take his lunch money from away and call him a bad boy, and then you yeah, know, and tread on his balls. Yeah, and then like <laughs> give him to the Rosas for a good old treacle bukkake. I mean, that's yeah, <laughs> and then do it again tomorrow. <laughs> 
I just want to say, I just want to say, treacle bukkake sounds a lot like triple bukkake. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is, but it certainly paints an image. For those of you still listening, oh. look up the word bukkake if you don't know what it is. Enjoy. No, don't. No. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Oh, hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, damn. Right, okay, so we'll go on. So there was a big cheer when she announced plans to end freedom of movement and replace it with an Aussie-style point system. Let me tell you something, she hollered. This daughter of immigrants needs no lectures from the North London liberal elite. Hell yeah, Hell let's yeah. do it. This was a non-sequitur, but the audience <laughs> lapped it up anyway. The big message of her speech was that the UK simply isn't safe under Labour. It wasn't just about who would be the next PM, it was about who would be the next Home Secretary. Do people really want Diane Abbott in charge of the country's security? Hell yes! No, yep. came the response. Yep. Invoking oh. Diane's name is always a surefire way to rattle delegates' crockery. Yeah, amongst <laughs> this crowd of like 98% white people. Of course <laughs> it is. <laughs> amongst this crowd of overweight gammons from the home counties, you know, the, the name of a black woman causes anxiety. How is that possible? Also, it's a very interesting image that they've got on this part of the article. There does seem it's, to be a, um, an elevated straight arm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The Ingraham arm. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a worrying image. It's, it's, it's also not far off the mark in the slightest. It looked very comfortable for her. We had another Maggie moment when Pretty went on to praise our brilliant security services. Jeremy Corbyn's lot, she added, trust Britain's foes more than our friends. To all of this, I say no, no, no. Earlier we'd heard from Pretty's policing minister, Kit Malthouse. One to watch, Kit. He'd been explaining how the government planned to fit yobs convicted of alcohol-related crimes with sobriety tags, which alerted the police whenever they'd had a drink. Apparently when it's strapped to an ankle, it can detect alcohol when it comes in their sweat. You'll have noticed that after one of your heavy nights, he gestured to his female interviewer. What a charmer. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All I, I can say I is it's a good job was... MPs weren't asked to try out the tags this week. The Manchester police switchboard would be lit up like an ocean liner. So so this policy of strapping uh alcohol detectors to people's ankles so that um well essentially so that alcoholics can be caught when they're drinking. Never yeah. mind the fact that um you can die from alcohol withdrawal and this yes. obviously heavily discourages people from drinking when they've got alcoholism. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the thing yes. is like people dying from it and even people not drinking because of it, that's all incidental. The real purpose of it is to pay some bunch of cunts to like make the tags and put them on people. It's control again. I re- I remember when I was a young boy at Charterhouse and I was being fagged by Kit Malthouse. He used to strap me down as well and call me a bad boy. That's when I learned how to be a journalist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's just... All all the stuff with the the police and it's like, right, give them tasers, give them high-tech ankle tags, give them, like, special CCTV drones... All this Tom give them a high shit. caliber rifle. Give it's, them a tank. Give them an aircraft carrier. None of none of it's even intended to like help with crime at all. It's just intended to enrich the people who make all that like high tech whole shit that doesn't really yeah. work. Well, we know. Well, we know what happens when you um, militarize your police, as we were talking about earlier. It's um, 
that, you know, just look at the US. Can I say one last thing about this this article? Because I just pulled it up on the website. I mean, if you promise it is the last thing about this article, then go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the first, and, you know, it leads very subtly into our next segment. The first comment out of 325 as of reading this, <laughs> the first comment, the most upvoted is, she's so pretty too. Uh, yeah, <sighs> yeah. I just like uh, just to wrap up. Like I, I do like how they we've managed to find about what four policies, and they're all shit. Shit. Yeah. They're all just yeah unmitigated. You can't build a manifesto around any of this utter shit. Well, you you can you can do that. You can build a vile, repressive, unequal, uh, you know, minority-hating society around it pretty easy, and that's what you know the people in charge of the Torah party right now want to do. Yeah. Right, well, getting away from the Tory party and oh, thank getting God. on to... No. Well, no, not really, because we're going to get into comment or commentary <laughs> <at> now. <laughs> Our light-hearted round of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, just for anyone that's uh, the first episode, we play comment or commentary at. I uh, will read something from horrible places on the internet, namely news websites, and it's either from the article and written by the commentator or written by a commenter below the line and it's up to all of you lot to figure out which it is so let's begin um oh actually we are um rob you're gonna need to sit this out because you know all these already because you actually did a lot of digging for this so (laughs) it's just gonna be it's just gonna be john jamie and alistair playing oh man so so looking forward to a perfect run (laughs) (laughs) right first understand why this generation unlike mine a teenager in the 60s is taking knives out of the kitchen to the street it starts with no healthy fear of consequences driven by today's culture of drug use normality the drill and grime music and the entitlement culture of instant money (laughs) add a lack of family stability poor education standards and lack of monitoring and repetition from teachers parents and police to the beat of behaviour codes 15-year-olds who should be in apprenticeships not getting values from celebrity excess. Comment or commentary at? Ooh, the celebrity excess there. I mean, they can't go that far, but I think commentary at. I'm going to say commentary at. That sounds like Rob Little or fucking Little John. Uh, Alright, yeah, okay, I'm unsure, but I think I'm going to go comment, uh, yeah, just to be contrarian again. Yep, it is a comment. It's from the Daily oh, yeah, Mail. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, Where's it from? Sorry. The Daily Mail. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. That seems way too literate. Oh yeah, no, it 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 did. That's because I brought it into the eyes and then slightly processed it in my brain to take out the spelling mistakes. Because if I read the spelling mistakes out to you, oh, this yeah, just wouldn't yeah. be a fair game at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah, far um, too coherent. <laughs> right. Dear heavens, if our ancestors had gone only half as far, they would have found themselves in the tower. I could observe what happened to them next, but in this ludicrous age of snowflakery, some fool of an MP would wail that was an incitement to violence, and for goodness sake, let them stop bleating that women are particularly vulnerable to such threats. They are not. (laughs) Comment or commentary. I think the use of the word snowflake there is what got me. I think that's a comment. I'm going to say commentary, because I absolutely believe that 
I'm going to say commentariat because uh, there's there's plenty I want to of say, dipshits that would use the word <laughs> snowflakes in an article. I want to say I want to say I want to say the spectator. That feels like the spectator to me. Mm. Okay. Mm. Right. So two for commentariat, one for comment. It is commentariat. It's not yes, the spectator baby. though. It's not the specky. It is <laughs> the Daily Express. Oh, it, I was going to say. Oh, damn! I was, and it thinking, was, I was thinking. Anne Widdicombe. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> oh my god the sacrifices oh. I make for you people <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you and uh, Robert David are going to end up with like some undiagnosable like mental health condition and they're going to be the only two people in the country and doctors are going to be absolutely baffled for years <laughs> <laughs> oh right another one however the fact that Prince Harry has admitted to having sleepless nights about the state of the world is just plain nuts. Young people look up to people such as Harry. Assuming he is justly concerned about the climate change about the climate changes the world faces, he and many others need to realise they are now actively in the business of frightening the children. Comment or commentary at? Oh, commentary at. said commentary yeah. <clears throat> Okay, I'm going to have to be the and go comment. And let's see if I can go for 100% failure. <laughs> that means you're a better person. Big. <laughs> you're in luck because it was commentary. That was <laughs> again the Daily Express. Oh man. And it was Nick Ferrari of oh, wow. oh, what a hero! Mm. Uh, I just, I just want to quickly say, um, it is extremely funny that um, uh, we didn't t- touch on this in the news, but. Um, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are suing the Daily Mail or the Mail on Sunday. Mail sorry. on Sunday, yeah. And um, yeah, not a big fan of the royal family as a rule, but uh, this is good. Yeah, and also it's, they're one of the nice people. to see them eat each other. Yeah, and they're the people who have the name and the deep pockets to actually do this thing properly. So go them. Yeah, yeah definitely. They're, yeah. They're, they're rich enough that they don't want money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um, let's have another one then, shall we? What will Corbyn do when Boris gets a deal through Parliament? Make no mistake, the dissenters are coming round. Uh, that I think that's comment. That feels like comment, I, I, that feels like comment to me as well. I don't yeah. think even even the most broke-brained um, commentator, I don't think, would think that Boris is going to be able to get a deal through Parliament with <laughs> a negative yeah. 43 majority or whatever I, it is at the moment. I think that has to be a comment because it, it's just too short. So that's three for comment then. Yep, and uh, you're all right. Yay! That was a comment. Yep. I broke my streak. <laughs> Combo break. One in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel Farage has fought yeah. for 25 years to get Britain out of the EU and has been right on all of the major political issues. Whether they like uh, it yeah. or not, <laughs> Nigel will be the kingmaker for any potential future Tory PM. Farage can reach voters the Tories never will. Labour's downfall from a once-proud party willing to stick up for Britain in the 1940s to the institutionally racist party infected with Marxist extremists. Comment or commentary? <laughs> oh, commentary. Oh, God. <laughs> Marxist extremists. It sounds exactly like something a fucking commentator oh, no. would say. It, it just seemed to hit every note that you'd find in the comment for me. So you, you want to go with comment? I'm going to go with comment. Right. It was... Commentary at. Oh, Yet again, it was the Daily Express. <laughs> and it was Aaron Banks. Oh, oh, of course, Aaron Banks thinks he's the fucking second mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Uh, 
We usually do five, but I'm going to do a wee bonus six one here. Ooh! Give me a chance. Oh, fucking hell, is it our birthday? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have got more just by random chance. We get, right. We're getting... I feel like um, those of us who've been on a few times are getting too good at these. <laughs> you are. I'm going to need to start going to like, extra depths to really find... Like, spend the whole week hunting the best ones out rather than leaving <laughs> it all to the last fucking minute. <laughs> I did it I'd last two weeks ago for episode five. I did this for, like, two hours, and I really can't recommend it for your mental health. Like, I, I had a lot of drink. <laughs> we know that genetics account for a substantial part of ability in terms of underlying intelligence. Then consider the fact that graduates tend to marry other graduates, which compounds and sustains this phenomenon, <laughs> i.e. bright people have bright kids together. Graduates tend to have va- sorry, graduates tend to value education and support their children through school. It is not surprising that their kids achieve strong exam results and colonize high paying <coughs> professions. Comment or commentaria. Commentaria. That is that is our good friend fucking Toby Young. Toby Young all the way. <laughs> Are we all going for a unanimous Toby Young? I don't know that it was Toby Young specifically. I mean, it sounds like him, but <laughs> definitely commentary. Someone's wheeled that out right. for the uh, the private schools thing. They were they? pride of they were proud of writing that as well. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it was actually a comment. Oh Jesus! Oh my oh, God! God. <laughs> a decoy Toby Young. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was Toby Young posting under the comment section in the Guardian. <laughs> Toby Young's become a reply guy. <laughs> oh, oh, I should say I don't know that it definitely was Toby Young, although it does read like him, yeah. So, it was the yeah. next Toby Young. Oh, God, no, no. No, no. One out of six. Oh. Congratulations. Oh, it's not bad for your first attempt. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, you start getting good at these and it's concerning. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe that last one was a comment and not like an article in Quillette or something it, oh it does read like a Quillette one actually doesn't it yeah, yeah. who yeah, knows maybe, maybe that's where they do the training for Quillette or something like that like some sort of like... send you into the uh, into the bad takes mind to um, to work out a hundred times gravity I'm getting mildly obsessed with Dominic Cummings skull shape like I will confess <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier to make out now that he's lost all the hair yeah no, but there's there's so much I, there's so much going on there. It's a different episode. Yeah, yeah. Have have your um, calipers ready for that one. First. <laughs> if you be, bring your calipers along to the next podcast, everyone at home. <laughs> Look out for our phrenology special. <laughs> oh, stop promising specials about this stuff, please. <laughs> it's me that has to go research it. <laughs> um, Right, yeah, so we'll call it quits there. That that brings the conference season to a close. Thank and fuck. as we well, we, we, we did hope that with conference season at a close we'd maybe get a couple of weeks of peace and quiet, um, to maybe focus on some other type things. Um we do have our climate change podcast in the bag. That'll be getting released soon. Um we were hoping to do another couple of slightly deep dive into an issue episodes. But the way that the news comes at you these days, we, we just don't know. We don't know what we'll be able to do. So no promises. It's probably going to be a regular news episode, depending on what happens next week. Uh, but keep your eyes peeled on the Twitter at PraxisCast. You can find me at Sanitary Naptime. You can find me, Alastair, at, uh, at, uh, at SA underscore Balistari. And you can find me, Rob, at, at Count Arthur. Don't ask. Uh- 
And me, John. Oh, good luck on this one. It's pronounced citizen. It's at T-S-I-E-T-I-S-I-N. Uh, and I'm Jordy Goblin. See, that's way you ever watch your Twitter handle? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> right, on that, on that really, really shit burn, um, we will leave it there. So, yeah, we will um, be back to usual probably next week. Well, thank um, you, guys. See you all then. Yeah, yeah I'm you. off to I'm off to Pornhub now to uh, do some research. <laughs> <laughs> it's research. It's research. I'm gonna go sit in my bathtub and pour treacle all over myself. <laughs> I'm gonna go stick my head in the washing machine. <laughs> and for anyone still listening, you've all been very bad boys and girls. All right, should, should, let, let's let's stop this nonsense. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye. Bye. See ya.